Welcome to the Danny Palmer Show. Does it sound cool if I say it like that? And the Dodgers win the ball game three to one. That was my impression of Vin Scully. So I'm not saying it was good. I'm not saying it was bad. It was all right. I, I don't know if, if you like sports, person listening to the podcast. Perhaps you're in Germany, but uh, he just died. Uh, I, I'm recording this the day before it's released. Wow, what fresh content you've provided for your listeners, Danny. This is one of the better podcasts in America. I've, <laughs> I just moved a block south, and I'm just talking in my apartment. I wonder if my neighbors are like, is the new guy just a fucking lunatic? What's he doing over there? But even if you don't like baseball, Vince Gully was a nice guy. He, dude, he, he was the voice of the Dodgers for 67 years, beginning in 1950. He was inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame in 1982. And he was still uh, broadcasting games like fucking six years ago. That's crazy. He just had the nicest voice. It was so calming. and He seemed like a real sweetheart. I don't know. Maybe he's got some, you know, dark secret somewhere. But, well, actually, who cares? The man's dead. You know, all right. That ends my sports talk for the week. Um, this is uh, I've I've literally moved every year for the past two or three years, I think. Because during COVID, I was like, "Fuck this! I'm not paying this rent anymore." Then I moved to this tiny ass studio on the Lower East Side, <laughs> and then the next year, I got a sick ass place. Then they jacked up my rent. A th- Danny, does anybody care about your fucking rental apartment history, dude? The fuck? Why would you even talk about that? I don't know. You know, it's just like. Don't you feel like when you move somewhere, this is more broadly relatable, when you move into a new place, like part of your identity and self is on the line, right? Like you look around and you're like, is this me? Does this mean I don't have enough money or like I'm a loser? Have I selected poorly? Did I make a mistake and now I have to fucking live here? You know, there's a lot like emotionally on the line. My, one of my coworkers was saying that her therapist told her that moving is trauma. I'm like, Jesus. And I'm like, it's not trauma. It's not trauma. Oh, it's it's uh, it's kind of trauma. You know? I can't find my fucking... What do you call those like metal things where you can measure a drink, whether it's 1.5 or 2 ounces? Snifter or something? Oh, huh? It's a tumbler? No? God damn it. I'm not going to look it up. Fuck that. <laughs> I can't find my... Because I like to like portion my drinks out carefully. I can't find that thing. I'm not going to fucking... I'm just, I'm not just going to guess. I'm just going to wing it. I want to, you know, be very careful about alcohol intake during the week. Do you do that? Are you very careful about your booze intake during the week, dude? I would recommend, listen, you're living your life. Far be it for me to just dispense advice or uh, <laughs> directives <laughs> to my listeners. Listen, motherfucker. If you like the Danny Palmer Show podcast, you can have 1.5, one 1.5 ounce drink per night until Friday, then you can have like 90. Did you see that movie Secretary? When uh, the guy, they it's like this, um, what's the fucking term for that? I don't know anything. <laughs> you, 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 It's like a forceful relationship. Not forceful. It's like a power dynamic where you're allowed to like, he allocates this secretary like the amount of peas that she can eat on her plate. Like she calls him up and he's like, what's on your plate? And she's like, some peas. And some mashed potatoes. And he goes, how many peas are on the plate? And she's like, um, and then she counts. She's like, 38. He's like, you can have 15. She's like, okay. Then she hangs up, but she finds that to be hot. <laughs> Dude, is that hot? I don't know. That's a weird fetish. That seems insane to me. 
What's your fetish? I allocate portions <laughs> to my lover. Yeah? What happens? Oh, they get really wet. They get wet about having a certain amount of peas? That's correct. That topic has been completed. I got some great feedback from my friend Haley down there in Nashville. Tales, are you okay, Danny? She's a great pod. Thanks for the shout out. Blah, blah, blah. Some of that's logistical, unrelated to like broader, broad, more broadly relevant or interesting content. Um, she said she loved the pod. Last week I had, po- or two weeks ago, actually. Last week was an interview with Lindsay. And then two weeks ago, it was a, f- a fun Friday pod on Wednesday. You know, the new format, I think it's fine. Just releasing one pod a week. Like every other week is an interview. Every other week is just me talking shit and collecting thoughts. Look, I'm not just talking shit. I painstakingly collect things that I find interesting or funny during the week. And I share them with you, the fucking listener. Do you guys want to fuck? Let's just have a group fuck. (laughs) Anyways, she goes, you had poetry, optimism, which this world always needs. Alligators, universal connection. It's important to get out of our own heads and talk to someone who's been through or going through a similar situation. Yeah, you know, just sit around and fucking ruminate in your new small apartment being like, God damn it. The fuck's wrong with me? Fucking 46. Is this what my life is? Is this good? I don't even have, have enough room to unpack my shit. Am I? Am I a loser? And you're like, no, Danny. Look at it the other way. You're doing fine. You're doing just fine. So helpful and cool to think about how uh, my friend Giulio Gallarotti, I was talking about his stand-up. He kind of creates this aura or like this atmosphere and kind of loops you into his mind and then creates this like environment of emotion and thought. Like hit the thought of his brain becomes your brain. You know, it's like a parasitic relationship almost. And uh, and then that documentary, Brian Wilson of the Beach Boys, how he would just create this like uniquely personal world of sound. And he's like, it's cool to think about how both Julio and the Beach Boys dude, Brian Wilson, did create a vibe and shared that feeling, emotions, mood, and happiness with their audience. It's amazing that a song or a podcast can change our entire mood or day. Thank you for creating such a colorful pod, Danny. And then she put a rainbow emoji. Thank you, Haley. I appreciate that. Not sure what the rainbow thing implies there, but I appreciate the color. It's just colors, Danny. It's just colors. Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen Game of Thrones, but um, is my computer still recording? It's fine. Uh, I'm on like season eight now. And I won't do any spoilers. I know it's an old thing, but you know, the one thought I had is that the difference between sitting on a throne um and being utterly humiliated in public like they're not that far apart from each other you know i mean if you've seen the series then you can probably figure out that i'm talking about cersei but even if you haven't seen the series the thought that i have here is if you're on the top of the world you're the king you're like the amazing person it's just because this artificial human structure was created and you were selected to sit atop that artificial social hierarchy and structure, but it's just, it's all a facade, right? Like you can, even if you're like the ruler of the world, if someone gets a fucking beat on you, like John F. Kennedy just shoots you dead. Like that's it. You're done forever. So like, and being humiliated in public is obviously above death, but the, we're all going to be humiliated in public by being dead one day. Right. So like, you can be the queen in charge of all, or you can be thoroughly humiliated in public. And the only difference is the way you're treated by the people around you. And that feeling of omnipotence that you have when you're on the top can come crashing down. If the people around you decide that you are no longer impotent, if you are no longer 
omnipotent. And you can just treat anybody like human garbage, you know? Like in uh, Schindler's List, when the kid has to jump into the shit to like hide, and then he looks up, it's like it's like the bottom of the barrel of human dignity. Like that could happen to literally anybody, you know, if this if the right not the right circumstances, if the wrong circumstances arose. So, you know, every time and the, I, I was just listening to a podcast today and the guy was like, the guy, this guy runs the uh, runs. He, yeah, I guess that is the right term. He runs the wisdom podcast. And he said that he used to um, be a club promoter and he, he did enjoy it. And he was like, he likes nightlife, but it was all about like status. And look, I have these girls around me and I'm wearing these expensive clothes. Chris Williamson is his name. And he's like, but that ultimately wasn't, fulfilling it was just kind of this flashy facade and so you know being a queen being a king being a club promoter and some to some extent all those share a common thread of being facades that are revolve around how others perceive you but those facades can always be removed you get dumped into the shit and chandler's list okay i don't know what that's that's the end of the point was that a point i feel like that was a point I think the point is that our lives are every person on this planet's life is ultimately infused with humility because you're going to be dust one day and dust is a humble situation to be in. All right, Danny, can maybe a little bit more uplifting, pal. Okay. <laughs> are you ever like scrolling through on your phone and then right when you touch your phone, you get like an Instagram notification. It's like, dude, they're watching it. They're fucking watching us. This is a quick thing that I thought was crazy. Martha Stewart, I think she did a post on Instagram. Six of her peacocks got eaten by coyotes. Well, that sucks. Nature don't give a fuck, dude. Um, my friend got a recruiting. It's crazy. All the people that I went to college with, Scott Jordan, shout out. What's up, bro? The people that I went to college with, they all have like kids that are like about to go to college. And I'm like, oh, I never, I never did have kids or anything. And one of them was got a recruiting letter from Case Western where I got a social work degree. And then she was like, Dad, is that Case Western? Isn't that where the guy that everybody was afraid was going to take the microphone at your wedding went? <laughs> I didn't even realize that, dude. That was even before I tried stand-up. Even before I tried stand-up, people were like, do not let Danny grab the mic. Hey, I would have I would have been just a polite, respectful. I would have ripped my fr- I would have shredded my friend. You fuck. You fucking fuck, dude. Oh, dude. I was listening to Theo Vaughn. On, uh, I hate saying the names of people and uh, of uh, media outlets on the pod because I just want the ideas to be central and not like, oh, this controversial figure said X or this publication said Y. Because who cares? You know, I just think let's focus on the ideas. So I was listening to Theo Vaughn talking a podcast, and he said that one time he walked in. He had, he was on a five day fast, and he walked into a Best Buy and he saw a Vietnamese dude and thought about eating him. <laughs> That's why. That's one reason I love Theo Vaughn, man. He's just so unapologetically, unabashedly himself. He can't be anything but the thing that he is, and the thing that he is is hilarious. Like those are the best types of people, you know, that their natural self, not not some like thirsty comic being like, look at me, look at me, hey, look at me, look, I created a fucking what's this guy's name? Something something Novak, Jake Novak, is this like you know, aspiring comic or something. He posted this like corny ass video online about like the school shootings and like just it it was just like him trying to be like, why is this happening? Can't we do better? But just like really corny and like just being a tryhard, you know? 
And then he posted another one about how like SNL is losing some cast members this season. And hey, I've been killing it in the comedy game. And then everybody on the internet just started making fun of him. And he hasn't been heard from for like 50 days. I mean, I don't want the guy to hurt himself, but I love that the dose of reality just came crashing down on his head as it does to all stand-up comics at some point. (laughs) There's another quote that I read. Most successful people are just an anxiety disorder harness for productivity. Well, that's fucking frightening. And then this is another thing. I'm just I'm just reading things back to back to back, okay? Vince Scully was born in 1927 and he just died today. That's crazy. Uh between so BJ Novak directed a new movie. I think it's called Vengeance. I want to see it. And he was um I was reading this article about him traveling around to do research for the movie. So between 2015 and 2018, he took research trips to Texas cities like Abilene and Picos. Did I say that right? Pecos? Picos. Um, seeking to dispel his misconceptions about a part of the country he assumed would be unwelcoming. I thought that these huge dudes with beards and pickup trucks would be very suspicious of a Hollywood blue state guy. And I found the exact opposite, he said. It's the warmest culture I ever found. I went to Easter dinners and people would show me the poetry they had written. Dude, I fucking love that kind of shit, you know? Sarah Silverman had a program like three, maybe like four or five years ago about just going to try to bridge the gap between red states and blue states and like just get to know people for who they actually are instead of seeing them as a caricature of themselves. All right, Danny, we, we get it, pal. We get it. Dude, Vince Scully broadcasts 25 World Series games. That's crazy. I mean, not games, 25 World Series, which are a collection of games. <laughs> Um, but I was just thinking like, what if you were like a, I don't know, a fledgling, uh, sports broadcaster, like starting your career and you're like 21 or something. And you just got a job working for like a minor league team, like a single A club or something. And you're like, okay, here's what I'm shooting for. 25 world series. (laughs) Fuck. I don't think that's probably never going to happen again. There's no way. There's no way that'll ever happen again. That's crazy, dude. Anyway. Um, I was reading this interview with Eric Adams, the New York City mayor. It was a lot of a lot of interesting shit. I, you know, Bill De Blasio was such a fucking like I I actually didn't dislike him as much as everybody else did because at least he let us keep going to the gym during the depths of the pandemic. And I was like, dude, if you shut the gyms, I'm gonna lose my fucking mind. I mean, they were shut for like four months, but like he opened them back up pretty quick. And he never like shut down the parks. They were they were talking about shutting down the parks. I'm like, dude, if we can't go outside and we can't go to the parks, we're going to lose our fucking shit. And he never did that. So anyways, um, but now Eric Adams is getting grief because he goes out to like nightclubs and he goes to like zero bond. And I think it's in Soho or financial district. Um, the mayor's magnetic smile is a promise. His noir expeditions turns on red carpets, drop bys at clubs and theater and fashion events reflect his belief that New York is back and open for business, tourists, fun, and yes, swagger why not have fucking swagger dude you know we can have fun dude like there's nothing nightlife is good it's important it's healthy i don't like the like the politicians and the like like oh well you should be focused on the fiscal responsibility and improving the zoning law like dude you also need to party like people come to new york to party so like just fucking chill with that shit dude (laughs) oh boy i hate my little laugh (laughs) it's like danny what are you doing dude get rid of that stupid laugh I listen to my comedy sets and I'm like, God damn it, that fucking laugh. But, you know, I don't know what to do. I don't have like a phony laugh. Embrace your laugh, Danny. Embrace your laugh, sweetie. It's all you got.
That was my girlfriend, in case you didn't know. All right, I'm wrapping this shit up. I just want to tell you this one more quote from Eric Adams. Okay, so I will say the person I was interviewing, Eric Adams, Maureen Dowd, and she said, I told the mayor the people I've talked to are still hopeful about him, but seem to be getting impatient. One of my colleagues had told me the day before that she was taking the two train and saw a man punch his girlfriend in the face during an argument. If you place the accent on the wrong letter, you're going to mispronounce the word, Adams said. If you place the accent on the wrong moment in your life, you're going to mispronounce your life. Place it on how many times you got on the train and nothing happened to you. Nothing eventful. That's where the accent accent should go. Not, hey, this is my 900th ride. And you, and you know what? I saw a homeless person today. Oh, my God. Things are out of control. They're not. I kind of love that. I just love that concept of where you place the accent on your life. You know? Are you focusing on the fucking aberration? The rare moment of bad when most of the time things are generally good i know i'm making a generalization but you know it is helpful to have thought like cognitive weapons to use to combat rumination and self-drama you know so like place the accent on the right fucking syllable in your life that's all i have to say thanks for listening to the danny palmer show listen rate subscribe i don't know yeah just give me fucking five stars and reviews if you give me fucking reviews on uh itunes itunes danny on apple podcasts that does help i've heard the more reviews you have the more apple's like yeah people listen to this fucking shit dude anyways no one cares uh follow me on instagram danny palmer nyc every friday night black cat les i'm gonna be opening for my buddy julio gallerati in new orleans down there nala the weekend of august 19th two days after my birthday okay 19th to the 21st if you're in new orleans let me know there's gonna be shows it's gonna be fucking sick i love Noella. Nuola. I love Nuola. The Big Easy, as they call it. That was stupid. I regret it. Uh, thanks for listening, you jerk.